Welcome to the latest episode of the Nerd Brain Podcast, where we'll be discussing the high cost of advertising during the Super Bowl. Hi, folks. Before we dive into the cost of Super Bowl ads, let's take a look at the history of advertising during the big game. The first Super Bowl was played in 1967, and the first television ad aired during the game was for a local restaurant in Los Angeles. I would love to know what, what restaurant that yeah, was. me too. Yeah, I should have put that one on there. That's my bad. <laughs> Bob's it, big boy. It's Bob's big boy. <laughs> Honestly, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, since then, Super Bowl ads have become a cultural phenomenon, with companies competing to create the most memorable and buzzworthy, buzzworthy spots. Gotta say, the Budweiser commercials mm. always hold yeah. a special mm-hmm. place in my heart. Yeah, Budweiser. <laughs> That's just great. <laughs> I just love the Clydesdales. I just yeah. could see them trotting all day. Right. The, ni- the 90s was the heyday of brand. I mean, it really was. Mm-hmm. People don't really know that. Mitch and I do, but it's just like, they saw so much stuff, the... Going from Santa Claus, like they went from Santa Claus to polar bears, and then this past holiday they did the Hershey Kisses thing again, mm-hmm. but it was a revised version. I don't know if y'all caught that, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a revised audio; it was just visual, and it was just a slight tweak to the last little kiss that goes ding ling, and then they kind of lit it up with a red like glow. <laughs> so you know that's some uh, that's a video that has some legs, right? You know, that's doing it the right way. No, it, it's interesting, Michaela. You talk about how. In the Super Bowl ads, how Budweiser has been very prominent the last mm-hmm. number of years. The first big beer Super Bowl commercials were actually Miller Lite. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They, I mean, because they introduced they had a, 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 a <laughs> they had a cast of like former sports legends and coaches and athletes that they would showcase in the different ads, and it kind of became you know taste great, less filling. Uh-huh. Kind of it can it. It, and that was back in the late seventies into the early, into the eighties, um, and then somehow at some point Budweiser kind of upped their game and kind of set the new standard. And I'm trying to think. Probably, I guess it was the frogs. If anybody remembers the the Budweiser frogs, Bud, yeah, mm-hmm. wise. It's my favorites. Um, <laughs> that, that they kind of came in and, and kind of took over the beer slot. Okay, for the ads, it's the the evolution. Of Super Bowl ads has been pretty pretty amazing. The eighties were pretty incredible. The nineties were incredible. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> and I've noticed over That's the classic. years too that they're always trying to appeal more to like some sort of nostalgia or emotion. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to focus because you got your ethos, pathos, and logos. Like you're trying to appeal to some sort of information mm-hmm. or an emotion or logic. And I feel like lately within the past couple, especially during the pandemic, they've been trying to like Tug at your heartstrings a little yeah. more when you're yeah. already you, vulnerable. You went, you went all Greek. <laughs> <laughs> like those three things, that's like. Mm-hmm. Or is it Latin? Is it Latin? Uh, I think it's well, Latin. They're all the same. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's taught in uh, you know, the previous episodes. We talked about what my degree's in. Like yeah, you said, three, you said three things, and I was like, that's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's debated. Uh, anyway. I, I, and I, I tend to think the last, I don't know, this, this decade. Of course, it's it's young. This is a young decade. It don't feel like it. No, it doesn't. (laughs) No, it does not. Um, Probably the last five, ten years. I, 
I could be missing something, but being kind of an advertising fan, I just don't think there have been as many memorable ads as there once was. There aren't, you don't see those breakthrough yeah. ads that everybody just talks about and, and, and actually catches a wave and rides a wave of momentum that carries over into the, mm-hmm. into the whole year. Yeah. There has been a, I don't want to say a, I don't want to say a lack of creativity because there has been some very creative ones, but with the Super Bowl coming up, we're about to find out if that trends we'll change. Happens, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Deep. I think a lot of it has to do with the cost of these things. Well, I think it's that, and I was going to ask you because I think you probably, of anyone at the table, probably have a better handle on like the history of the advertising industry and ad agencies and things like that. I mean, for a while, probably the seventies, eighties, there were tons of agencies. It was super competitive. You had Madison Avenue. Like it was coming, it was it was being birthed from like the fifties, you know, yeah, and yeah. slowly as you got into the nineties and two thousands, everything started to all those agencies started to get bought up, swallowed up by big agencies. Yeah, so you have, have less diversity in the ad agency yeah, this world. Con, yeah, the conglomerate, but the consolidation started in the late eighties. It's when right. you started seeing they're becoming these conglomerate agencies, like where a big agency bought up like several other ones. Right. Um, well, I'm wondering if that like, coincides that with the. It, like that doesn't it's creative. <laughs> it it could be because I I think, and this gets into a bigger discussion, um, which I would be happy to have sometime. It maybe this isn't the right place, <clears throat> but I don't think advertising is as good now in the era we're in right now. I don't think it makes as much. You know, like when you drop a pebble into a into a pond, and you mm-hmm. get the the weight. You don't get those waves anymore. You don't get that impact now that you used to. It's yeah. become so diffused. And I think probably that plays in a little bit to the whole Super Bowl uh, dynamic, in mm-hmm. that it, because everything is now so much more advertising used to be in the seventies and eighties and, and nineties, TV, radio, print. All right. Okay. You had a much you you had a, a a much more narrow target to aim at, and you had basically three mediums. I think it 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 made it simpler. To make an impact. Mm-hmm. So many, and plus the fact that so many things are vying for people's attention now. Right. And then you've got this whole, the, the, the mentality of, well, but okay, we've got this campaign. How does that translate into broadcast? How does it translate into over the top? How does it translate into the podcast arena? How does right. it, you know, audio. <laughs> has it social media? Digital I mean, ads. I mean, I, it, it, there's a, now it's a fog mm-hmm. and it's harder to cut through, I think than maybe it was 20 years ago. Right. I feel like a lot of brands create the content for the Super Bowl with the expectation that it's going to go then to YouTube and to yeah. digital publications that are going to actually give it the legs. That's that they're the hoping thing for. that bothers me about it as, as a trend that's happened over the last five years is that the ads are on YouTube and they're often on there before. 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 They release them exactly. Yeah, before the game. And YouTube has become, this is a complaint that actually goes beyond like events like the Super Bowl lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Corbin was, I think they're, they're I don't know, are they, is, I know he's leaving the Late Late Show, but are they just canceling the Late Late Show? Yes, it's I gone? have no idea. Okay, so when he went in to start that was that, you know, with Craig Ferguson... It was all about like we knew who the audience was and it still is. And when they're there, when they're watching on TV, but Corbin was like, well, they're going to go on YouTube and watch this. Mm-hmm. Let's just make content then and take pieces of this, and put it on there. Mm-hmm. So people were watching that show off, you know, on, on YouTube 
you know, the day after it aired or the day before rather. And it was just like, that's sort of um, an example of like, okay, that's a good use case if you're in control of it. But it just seems like that. I don't know. I don't, I enjoy watching the ads. Yeah. Why is it that I can watch them a day before the game, but yet I can't see the halftime show? Right. Well, well, I, th- I, I think you raise a good point, though. That you're, I think you're lessening the impact by release by pre-releasing it. You're not getting yeah. that. Be- it's hard to that, explain. You're that giving bang. away some of the magic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you've got that. That's another type of diffusion, if you will, mm-hmm. of kind of watering it down a little bit. And yet, there's so many things vying for people's attention. And yet, getting back to the title of the podcast. Look what people are paying for these ads. Mm-hmm. And it, it all boils down to this. Do we create an ad that's strong enough that it has buzz that carries over for however long after? How long are people people talking about this after the Super Bowl? That's what you're paying for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we put in, I put in there, uh, I don't know if I read for one of y'all to read or whatever, but it's only want to read like, enlighten our audience, Michaela, on how expensive an ad is there. <laughs> It'll make you cringe um, for... Uh, the price of a 30-second ad during the game has a averaged around, wait for it, $5 million. <laughs> and that's just that's just paying for the ad space, basically. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's not production, creative cost, mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah. Commission to the agency. People like <laughs> have this, uh, you, you need video for your your business. And most business owners think five hundred dollars or five hundred is a lot of money, you know. And um, we're doing production on a commercial for what twenty twenty five thousand. And I know I just said that, and everybody's like, "Jesus!" And that's pretty low. That's yeah, you know, that's, that's low. That's, that's low just, end. It's nothing special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very low end. So, you know, you could I could argue we could we could argue you get what you pay for. Uh, but back to that Hershey Kiss commercial, I brought that up because that was done. Years ago, mm-hmm. all they did was retouch, which yeah. doesn't, that's not cheap, but the technology to do what they did didn't exist then. Mm-hmm. And it didn't exist five, six years ago, really, even though it's kind of shocking, but it didn't. Um, but it's like they they did something. They concepted something, and an idea, and produced something that has lasted for almost 10 years. And, you know, if you're doing a video, it's probably what you want to try to shoot for, mm-hmm. you know? Because it's it's an expensive investment at twenty thirty thousand dollars just to start, right? So you want it to be good because that stop motion stuff ain't cheap. It takes a long time to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know people just think it's cute. Today we would look at it and think, "Oh, that was done CGI." No, that was that was done with an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and an so, app. Yeah. stop motion app. So it's I mean, uh, it. the technology is different, and and how it's produced today is different, but. You know, Nerdbrand lives in the concept phase, the script writing, pulling all the pieces together. Where nobody on Nerdbrand is showing up with a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, though, it's like we we want to produce something that's like that. We want to produce something for our customers that will last, uh, because you know we we really do play a long game here. Um, somebody want to bring up the uh, the one like in the justifying the investment? Like that's sort of what I'm leaning into is given the high cost of the Super Bowl ads. Uh, why do companies continue to invest in them? Do I want to take that next one? No. <laughs> All right. Well, well I, mean, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I just love my swing. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, it, it's sort of somewhat self-evident. It's because there's so many faces watching it. I mean, what's it say here? Over a hundred million people in the U.S. alone are watching the Super Bowl. 
for the cost, there's probably not a better venue. I mean, if you go and spend $5 million on digital ads, are you going to get a hundred million? And not all of those people are engaged, but most of those people are engaged and probably 50%, 60% of the people watching the Super Bowl don't really have a dog in the fight. They don't really care about the teams. They're there for the experience. They're there for the commercials. So is there, is there another venue in advertising where you get that buy-in from the, the prospective customer and when not you, really. Well, and you just said it, and Jason alluded to it earlier. There's people that watch the Super Bowl now just to watch the commercials. Mm-hmm. That's as much of the show as the game is now because they're mm-hmm. waiting to see what that next. It's the inter, the entertainment value of the of the ads is is. Do you feel like that's going away? Because yeah. I felt like when I was a kid, you know, it was a, it was an event. It was it a was family special. event to it come into special. the living room and watch the Super Bowl because <laughs> of an, the commercials. <laughs> it was an event. It reminds <laughs> when you said that I was like, oh my god, this reminds me when uh, being in church and watching, uh, you know, the pastor, youth pastor would have all everybody over his house to watch the game, and and you could see like who cared about the game and who mm-hmm. didn't because. The game was in the living room, and then you had this other congregating space in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and the foot traffic and the people would like go into like rushing in like there was a fire sale, and they would <laughs> the go. Commercials in. are on. The commercials are on. The commercials are exactly. on. And then they watched the commercials, and then they would go back out and back and forth. And then when the of course when the halftime show came on, it was like yeah. they turned it off and like let's read Proverbs thirty four seven. I'm like what. <laughs> That was a thing, but that reminded me of that. Seeing that, like the there was so much excitement, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't well because you couldn't see it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think right. that, to exactly. that point, and I'm not saying people would one's be like better Shh, than the other. But, quiet, you know, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's going what because like now I've, I've been to Super Bowl parties in the past five six years, and I'm like hey, they're about to kick off for the first time, or the second half's about to start, and I'm just like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, the game doesn't get good until the second half anyway. Right. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I've i tried to, like, tune in to the shows. And I know that the shows are, it, depending on where you live, you know, is different. Because there's no way that people, remember, y'all remember the Hammer doing a... Yeah, yeah. that yeah, was there's local a couple ads. years yeah, ago. There, there's yeah. local Super Bowl ads that, and we don't, it's fine. I wonder what the, if you're on that, if you know, that network affiliate, I wonder what they charge mm-hmm. during that time. Oh. It's probably a little cheaper. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, two and but, a half. But, but probably they're probably pricey <laughs> as compared to any oh, other. Yeah, t- yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's some guy there going like, yeah, we got a coupon for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a coupon for a thirty second spot. <laughs> All right. Well, the risk and rewards of Super Bowl advertising. So of course, there's some risk involved in advertising during the Super Bowl. The high cost of the ad means the companies they use a lot of. There's a lot of pressure to perform. So. Anybody ever seen a poorly received ad and want to recount that? I'm, I'm, Specifically around Super Bowl time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of well, one that stood out as just being bad. I don't think it's been a matter of bad. And it, it, it kind of hits against its memorability by just being blah. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't remember an ad. Right. I just, I remember. Kind of a testament to being a bad ad. Wasn't there a Burger King <laughs> ad or it was somewhere, it was something like, Hot, not high end, but like a, a noticeable brand, and they had an innuendo, and it kind of just blew mm. up. I can't remember. Yeah, that's that sounds familiar. Yeah, it does sound familiar. I can't remember which company it was and how long ago it was, but it was like pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, that had there was a there actually was a recent um, oopsie that wasn't very thought well thought out from I want to say was it Wendy's. 
perhaps, or something. These things always tend to pick up and happen on Twitter. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I just, you know, it fascinates me. It has the lowest user base, I think, amongst all the other social media platforms, especially mm-hmm. now, and yet has the biggest influence. It's crazy. Seems like it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, because I always, I remember like four or five years ago, the Cowboys suck. Remember that one? Because it was Cowboys UK. And that was the hashtag. And it was when they were playing in uh, England. And so somebody came up with the hashtag Cowboys UK. <laughs> well, <laughs> spell it out for a minute. You know, I sent you something the other day, actually, that was yeah, <laughs> a I little colored, off colored. And, <laughs> and I was like, see if you spot this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember who it was. Was it a car company? Um, yeah, it was Volkswagen something. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, I'm sure it worked well in Europe, but uh, that, that one probably had to get revised. It was their Instagram account. Yeah. Is what it was. It was the title of the Instagram account, you know, because the username, no spaces. Somebody invest in an underscore, for God's sake. Yeah. Because <laughs> it reads Well, together. I think they did it on purpose at the end of the day. Yeah. I think they kind of saw it and they were like, oh, okay. That's funny. And in Europe, you can get away with those kind of jokes. <laughs> yeah. A little yeah. more. A little more. Yeah, just a little more. So uh, anyways... Uh, so anyway, yeah, the cost of advertising in the Super Bowl, it is high uh, for a lot of companies, but there's a lot of uh, rewards that sort of outweigh the risks. I know that people say, like, any bad PR is good PR. I disagree with that. But, you know, from the opportunity, the audience that you're reaching, uh, it could open up a lot of new doors. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that goes, that's going to cover it for the podcast. And Michaela, you want to close this out? Yeah, I'd love to. So uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of our podcast. Uh, tune in next time for our discussions on the world of advertising and marketing we are on spotify apple podcast uh you pick your poison on which to <laughs> on which to stream uh we're everywhere and just remember to keep your nerd brand strong <laughs>